Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Welcome to this week's episodes of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And here we go. Take it away. Hi, I'm uh, Cameron Bredesevich. I'm the president of the Youth Pride Association. Uh, we're a 513 nonprofit organization uh, working to promote and foster the acceptance of LGBTQ people in education institutions. I think that's about it. That about sums it up. So why this organization? What, where, where, did this, where did this come from? Uh, yeah, so it was about February 2020. Sorry, my audio. Um, it was February 2020, uh, right before the pandemic. I was doing a uh, communications project, incidentally. Uh, I was doing research on the issues facing LGBTQ youth, because much like a lot of other uh, LGBT youth, I kind of did not have the best experience in high school, um, which is kind of commonplace. But I didn't realize that until I had done that research. Uh, and I didn't realize like the true scope of the issue. Uh, and I felt like I could, you know, make some genuine impact there. Uh, so I started work on what became the Acceptance Week program, like immediately. Uh, and then from there, uh, the nonprofit kind of formed from there because it was the only way to like feasibly do it. And then the rest is kind of history. It's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of programming in there. What are some of the, what's the main, um, what's the main focus? Uh, yeah, so we work, uh, we have three mission pillars. So we work to educate, support, and advocate. Um, so our education programs are kind of our awareness center, uh, center and uh, our education resources. Um, and we kind of try to integrate education across all of our programs. Um, I think our most recent one too, that I think I'm really proud of is our uh, national support group program, uh, which works with uh, LGBTQ students in over 30 states uh, through virtual support group programs. Uh, we match them with mental health professionals uh, who meet with them bi-weekly uh, for about an hour. And they kind of just discuss everything from what it means to be LGBTQ to kind of the issues they face to kind of the more positive moments, which kind of are often overlooked. Um, we also have a peer support program uh, it's more of a peer mentorship program in all states where we match individuals seeking additional support with uh, trained peer, um, we call them peer advocates. Uh, and they kind of just work with those students however the student wants to approach it. So whether that be weekly meetings, uh, what we call a frequency of contact intervention. So that's like a five minute phone call once a month or just regular you know, texts like, how are you doing? Uh, kind of just whatever the student uh, wants there. Then I think our, our inaugural program, which I'm also really proud of, the results that we've gotten from that, is uh, what we call the Acceptance Week program. So we go into high schools, uh, and for about a week, we model what a safe and affirming environment should be uh, and what it would be uh, if it was implemented all year round. And it includes like a club events, uh, an education speaker, uh, part of my French, a fuck ton of pride flags. Um, you can swear, and, uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realize if I could. Um, you can. 
Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, and yeah, we we um, kind of just take over the school for a week. Uh, work with administrators to implement changes during that week uh, that better support LGBTQ equity. Uh, I think we just finished the first one back in. I like. I think uh, end of February, first week of March. Uh, that one was very successful. Uh, we distributed about a hundred and one pride flags for the week. Seventy cool. still are hanging in classrooms. Uh, they were very popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We ran out in like an hour, I think, uh, from the the person on campus that was working on that. So that's great. It's it's a that's the impact. I mean, you know, what I talk to kids all over, and it's always the same thing. You know, it's just always it. It's always the same thing, especially in some of the harder states uh, with uh, the laws and just rights, human rights in general. Uh, you, we know that from what's going on in this country. Yeah, especially this year. Uh, is 330 anti-LGBTQ bills as of April. I don't want to see the count now. <laughs> I know, I know. It's interesting just to go against a human like that. It's so mind-boggling. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the stuff that you're doing, which is fantastic. So uh, I, love that. I love all of that. I think it's really cool. I used to live in New Jersey, and the state of New Jersey does a lot of great stuff like this as well. I, I, I uh, My friend has an organization called make it better for youth. And uh, we have like the largest like queer prom in the state of New Jersey and all so many kids come to it from like all over uh, and they get their own prom, which is really, really fun. And I had that stuff like that growing up when I was in Massachusetts, but it's very little do you have it even today in 2022. That's why you have to start organizations like this. How old are you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 20, turning 21 in September, so. Oh, uh, yeah, cool, awesome, very cool. That I mean, for you to even, um, you should look up PRISM in Florida, PRISM Florida. That's another mm -hmm. one that's literally started in their high school and then they just took it out of their high school and continued it, and it's all youth-led uh, run organization. No one else runs it besides the youth. It's pretty cool. Um, but I like going into the schools. You have to get, like, literally directly in there even if it's for a week, just to be like, this is what it could look like. This is what inclusivity could be like. Hello. It's not hard. And it was it was very impactful in terms of like the data we gathered. Um, so sure. of the LGBT student populations, there was like significant increase uh, in the perceptions of like uh, acceptance from their school administrators, teachers, and peers. Mm -hmm. uh, we also measured like their sense of acceptance of their community and uh, local government and whatnot. And those were very low in comparison. So it seemed to have a very positive impact, which is really good. For sure. What part of California? California, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm from Southern California. This was held uh, in Simi Valley in, uh, in Ventura County. Um, if people don't know California, uh, it is a interesting group of people. Um, definitely needed there. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when the when we got in the press, the local press there, uh, there it spurred like a 550 comment hate thread on Facebook. Um, There's even a protest outside the school. Granted, it was like four people, but kind of yeah. kind of an indicative. Uh, but, I mean, listen, I mean, no matter where you are, even in the most liberal, quote unquote, liberal areas, it doesn't matter. There's always one rotten egg in there, and you're and they're gonna find their way in there and. That's if yeah. that's what they feel like they need to do. That they they need to do. Then go right ahead. But they don't ask questions. That's the thing. That's my whole thing. This is why I started the podcast. It's like you don't even listen or like learn or love. Listen, learn, love is what I always say. That's part of my mantra. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I gather people's thoughts. And I, and I want people just to listen to it. Like you don't know. So stop assuming anything. And we're all guilty of assuming, but people are extreming the extremes when it comes to the queer community. And you don't, you don't even, you don't even know. You have no idea. Yeah. It's, um, that's kind of why we, we work to educate in all aspects because it's kind of difficult to be bigoted, kind of put a, a group in the out group if you're educated and empathetic to their struggles, you know. That's it. I mean, that's why people are trying to dismantle the educational system right now because exactly. they don't want people to know. I mean, that's been going on forever and ever and ever. We know that. Um, can I stop for one second? Do you have fangs? Uh, no. Those are my normal teeth. They are very, um, oh my goodness, dude. I thought they, that's amazing. Not that I, I don't have to this in, but I think it's kind of cool. I thought it was like, because uh, people do that. So I didn't know. Yeah, I don't do that. Sorry, I didn't realize it was a thing. While we're stopped, let me close the window really quick. Okay. A bit loud outside. That's funny. I don't hear anything. There we go. No one ever calls me. And two people have called me like twice. One, well, one is because I have to pick up my car later. But uh, the other one, I don't know what that was. Um. Yeah. No. Not that. Not to point that out. But no, that's a thing. That's a, that's a real thing. People like that. But that's. Cool. So tell me about you. What is your experience? What, what What's your story? What was it like growing up for you? You're still growing up. You're growing up your whole life, but like, you're still pretty young. So. Yeah, a little bit young. Uh, I'll admit that. Um. Yeah. Um. So I was a military family. Uh. So went to DoD schools. Uh. Across the country, kind of moving a lot. I didn't know gay people existed until, sorry, uh, until um, uh, my freshman year of high school, incidentally. Well, that's like when I became aware, didn't really know what they were. Um, And then like my senior year is when I learned like what gay actually meant and uh, kind of sparked an awakening, if that makes any sense. Um, But yeah, my experiences kind of were the normal experiences, right? The bullying, uh, being shoved, pushed against walls, whatnot. The homophobia, of course. People uh, shoved you and touched, they touched you? Yeah, I got tripped and shoved a couple times and I actually came out. Um, I mean, it was already happening before because everyone knew I was gay before I knew I was gay, kind of joke like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's unfortunately really commonplace for that to happen. Um, I wasn't threatened with weapons, thank goodness. A lot of LGBTQ students are. Uh, the rates are way too high for that. Um, but yeah, just the normal experiences, right? Getting rejected by your crushes, even if they said they liked you, you know? Uh, kind of, just kind of the normal experience. I don't think I'm necessarily special in mine. Um, yeah, kind of just a general shitty experience, if that makes any sense. But it kind of yeah. inspires me to make change because I kind of want to not have that be the normal experience, you know? It shouldn't be the normal experience for anybody. It's just insane to me. Um, but also, like, the fact that you didn't even really... This is this proves to you, like, the way the media and, and literature is dealt with because you're like, I didn't really even, like, know gayness until my freshman year of high school. And that was, like, only, what, six years ago now? Five years ago, six years ago? Seven. I, Seven. I'm a, a senior now, so, so in uh, college. So, okay, seven years ago. So think about it, like, and that's like only seven years ago. It's like, you should know, there's so much stuff out there. There is so much stuff I think out there, but there's still not enough of it. Like there's still ways for you, there's still ways for people to not see it. 
And I know people are like, it's the internet, you can go on the internet. I go, but if you're not, if you're not like allowed or you feel like you're not allowed um, to do that or experience that, and, and if you're being groomed to be straight, because that's what, that's what it is. Yeah, that's society kind of, it's uh, heteronormative. Yeah. Just be straight. Mm-hmm. And like some people, obviously, there's, I mean, I, suppose, I speak to kids that are like 12 and they're out trans and all that stuff. So I speak to all ages that came out at nine and just depends on, but that's also the parent's job to educate the world to the people, to, yeah. to the kid you know you have a very strong impact i think on that uh i just unfortunately did not grow up in the the best household um but yeah on that media topic um i think yeah media is very very important uh and i don't think we've had truly rep- like a truly representative um like movie or show on like what it, uh, it is to be lgbtq uh, a student like nowadays i think that did change very recently but i remember when i came out like um to my mom the night after because uh, it's very emotional. We watched Love, Simon, um, which was the only game movie we knew about. Uh, looking back, that movie is, <laughs> I love that it's representative, but it kind of feels like a, a straight romance with two gay characters, if that makes any sense. That's, I mean, there's, that's, um, can you still hear me? Yeah. One of my AirPods, I think, went out. That's, <laughs> um, that's, we have to start to get away from like there's this still like there's this um that's what it is it's i i watched a digestible gay yeah a digestible gay so one that like straight audiences can i guess understand if that makes any sense right doesn't feel like it's serving us it's serving the heteronormative yeah i mean that did change very recently like um the show heart software on netflix right all my gay friends are like raving about it because it's 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 it struck a chord with a lot of people, like yeah, to sure. kind of see their experiences represented. You know, media. you know what's funny is that um, it's still a white experience um, being experienced too. So that's the other part we have to cross over. We haven't gotten there yet. Like they, it's comfortable still because you're looking at like basically two white guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. Through, so, or two white people going through an experience. So like I, I it, media is. I think so- the show does. They do have a, uh, a couple POCs um, and they do have a love experience too, but they didn't really explore it in this se- uh, season. So definitely would love to see more of that, of that experience because it is also very unique um, in, the, in the adversities that they face. Yeah, no, I like that they created something like that. I, I'm trying to let the, the buzz die down because when it's like so buzzed up and like in your face, I, everyone's like, oh my God. I'm like, okay. yeah, I, you can get caught up. I get that. But I do want, I, I do believe that they need to do more, like just like letting it, just like let it just exist. Like if you watch, um, oh, that's not a bad example. Anyways, the one thing they are doing is they're making um, uh, Doctor Who is going to be the actor from uh, Sex Education, which is a really good show you should watch. It's a BBC show. Uh, and then it's the first black openly queer like um, actor to be cast as Doctor Who. It's really cool, like stuff like that. Like that's stuff that needs to happen. But of course, the UK is doing it. They're gonna do everything first, and then we're gonna follow suit. Because if you just do them, no one's gonna really care. There's this whole like patriarch system that happens, right? Where they're like, "Well, this is the way it should be," because that's how it is. I'm like, "Yeah," but I'm pretty sure most of the people are not gonna care. Like they're not yeah. even. 
I like to think it's not necessarily malicious. It's just, if you think about the people making the decisions in these boardrooms, it's old white men. So that is a conscious decision though. You do not have to have them involved. They can, you can like move them over there and bring in more people. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I I agree. But but it is. That's it. Like wealth disparities and access to those same opportunities. And then that's a whole other issue to tackle. That so, initiative definitely needs to be tackled. But. Yeah, of course. I mean, and the, the work that you're doing with this program, the, the organization that you created uh, is doing that. Exactly is doing that. Like that's what people don't get. I know sometimes, I know when you have an organization, it probably feels like sometimes, yes, you are doing a lot, but then you feel like you want to do more. But actually it takes the time to like, yes, it is happening. The fact that you go to a school for a week and do that and then you talk about pride flags. And having a pride flag is, is still the most powerful form of um uh unity and uh protest you know what i mean like because it's it's associated with such a uh the queer community you know and yeah so with the organization what else comes out like do you since now see the thing with pandemic too is the virtual side is helping a lot of people too because now it it kind of not that we never had it but i think it's because we were stuck with it we had to do it and now we're going to continue to do it, it actually opens up um, a whole like plethora of things to like come through. How is that going? Like, what has that done for the organization and, and, and everybody? Yeah. Um, so before we even started, I think in February, we were already considering doing virtual um, options because it increases access to a lot of the uh, rural areas and a lot of the areas that don't have necessarily the same resources as say New York, LA and Austin, I think those are the only places with kind of, I would say, good access to LGBTQ resources. So we always wanted to do that, um, but we wanted to start with the acceptance week. And then, yeah, the like you said, the pandemic kind of really helped with the adoption of uh, virtual programming. Um, so it's allowed us kind of to increase access to these resources very easily, very readily. Um, it's been relatively uh, smooth. Uh, we haven't been hacked yet, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, navigating the laws around um, this has definitely been difficult too, because uh, none of the laws have been updated for virtual environments. Uh, we try our best to kind of exceed the standard of the law. It's like with the support group program, it took me about a month to read all of the state's laws and regulations to determine whether or not we could um, feasibly like run it in those states with the, the current people we had. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been interesting. I was like, what do you mean laws against that? We can do whatever we want. But you mean the actual people that are therapists or like people that are... Yeah, even though it's not psychotherapy and it's not, they're not acting with remuneration, so they're not getting paid and it's not technically, you know, psychotherapy, we still work with them. So we want to make sure that their licenses are protected and we're not putting them at risk. So we had to only operate in states that either provided specific exemptions or allowed and allowed for uh, telehealth. Um, even though like, likely we would never get sued or um, fined for that, it's kind of, we don't want to put them at risk because their license is kind of their entire livelihood, you know. Yeah. I guess you have to, you would have to get someone from a different state in that state to be a part of your organization too, just to make it so they're in that state so they can. Not necessarily, interestingly, like uh, usually when you operate in states and like with physical operations, you have to form qualify. Uh, so this is a bit boring, I know, but um, no, it's not boring because like you knew, no one even would think of that, and like that also 
doesn't allow access to people that really need it. Yeah, so foreign qualification is a very extensive and sometimes expensive process, especially in rural states like North Dakota specifically. It's like, I think, $450 plus you have to have a registered agent, which is someone you pay to get sued for you. Um, but uh, the good thing about laws not being updated too is they don't account for virtual operations. So we've been able to operate in these states um, completely legally without having to foreign qualify because we are never physically there, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. That is an interesting, I didn't even, I didn't even put that into play because I'm like, well, it's just online. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, the way, the way America functions specifically, um, they make it as hard as possible for anything to succeed. Unless you're like a for-profit corporation, it's a lot easier. Nonprofit law is very complicated, a lot of gray area and not a lot of clarification. I credit. I, I will not do it for those reasons. I will yeah. make money off of what I do. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if I knew the, the, the other work I would have to do uh, to get this off the ground, I would not do it again. But uh, I'm glad it's over for the most it's part. A lot. It's, a lot of, it's a lot of crazy, uh, it's a lot of bullshit, actually, that yeah. some of it's fine because, you, you know, people, it's, it is nonprofit. You should be protected. There should be protection just in case things happen. However, yeah. the hoops you have to jump through to even just get money and like all that stuff and yeah, it's, it's their, they have their own thing. I think, yeah, we have annual reports because uh, the way we operate do for over 65 different agencies. So that's 65 different things we have to mail out, due dates we have to manage. It's it's a whole thing on its own. It's, it's I, a headache. Uh, with your organization, do you find that you get um, queer people really? In, uh, I'm, uh, queer, everyone's queer? Or is it all different? Yeah, so um, our volunteers, are they make up a very diverse background. Um, we have a lot of allies who volunteer too, uh, but we also have a lot of LGBTQ individuals. Um, a lot of our peer advocates, I think actually all of them, are LGBTQ um, themselves. Um, and there was also an interesting story with that, a little bit, I'd say like happy uh, circumstance, I guess a positive story I could share. Um, we were uh, recently pairing up people for our peer support program. Uh, and we have this wonderful volunteer down in Texas uh, who's recently transitioned. And um, we also have this uh, younger person from California who I didn't know was trans, but I put them together and um, they've been sharing like a lot of the same experiences. And it's been kind of a very happy, happy circumstance, I'd say. Didn't, I, I'm not that smart. I didn't <laughs> plan that, but. I know there's been a lot of like those instances where kind of things work out in a, a really good way, especially with our volunteers. Well, there's no accidents, so. It was uh, definitely an accident. I didn't, it was random assignment, but happy random assignment, I guess. Yeah, look at you, bringing them all together. Uh, that's great, no, I love it. Um, when you were in high school, was there anything like a club or anything in your school? Or did you, is this, is this why like you like, I gotta do something? Yeah, we had, uh, funny story, we had a GSA, um, but everyone knew where it met. So every time it met, there'd be students outside the hallway whispering and sometimes shouting slurs at the students. So yeah, we had a GSA, but no one wanted to go. That's so crazy. Well, I mean, that's where the ACLU comes in. That's where all those things actually come into play if you if it, if you don't feel safe. But it's tricky when you're a high school student, when you're a freshman, for instance, and all you're literally trying to do is be a freshman. You're not even like thinking about yeah. 
a group or you're just thinking about like getting through the day going to your classes just trying to survive <laughs> yeah and or you're not like there are several students like I was I did not care about high school I did fine I just wanted to do theater I was a theater kid theater dance I was a professional dancer for so long and that's all I wanted to do I did not care about the stupid drama of high school I'm going to go through puberty and do all my things. <laughs> and I had my friends. I had my queer tribe. I had my theater geeks. I mean, I had all those people. I was very lucky. You know, I brought my boyfriend to the prom. It was in 2000. So I didn't, I grew up in Massachusetts though. So it's a lot different um, mm-hmm. for most, than most places that are not like that at all. So I don't, I don't know, but it's just. I was a, I was a marching band kid. So I, I a little bit the same. Yeah. You can think, I mean, those I was also weird too, so I kind of like school a lot, a lot of APs. Yeah, that's fine. You can like school. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I could care less. None of this. I was all point. It was all pointless to me, other than um, theater and dance and like English and history yeah. were my two favorite subjects. Um, I tried to go into the honors route, but I was like, you know what? I this is. I, what do I? Why do I care to do this? I don't care about this stuff. I'm never going to use it. I'm going to dance. So. <laughs> And, uh, but I wouldn't even have thought to start a program like this. Like that wasn't even a thing. I think we had a GSA in my school that I never attended. I just went to the theater. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. And uh, LGBTQs, I think serve like a very specific audience of LGBTQ individuals. Um, they're very not like, uh, denouncing like their, their impact, but there's a lot of students who simply just won't go because of one reason or another. Well, you never know what's going on at home. I find a lot of students are looking to find this too. And you know about, you know this, because a lot of students are out to their friends, of course, but they're not out to their family, or maybe they're only out to their like best friends. And also you're still discovering your body and your mind in high school. So you're also just going through all of those things. Um, what, what makes you get too excited? What makes you really unhappy? Um, yeah, exactly. So kids aren't, Kids aren't complicated. It's just the parents make it complicated because the kids just want to be themselves. So the parents are going to... Yeah. I, like I say, like being gay isn't necessarily a bad thing. Society just makes it sometimes very difficult. No, it isn't a bad thing. It's just being yourself and being exactly. queer. You know? Are your I parents... Cool in the world, I love being gay. Okay. I would never... I talk about this all the time. I am all about the queer everything. I would I never... I was like, I wouldn't want to be straight. Hell No. I was like, no, 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 boring. Um, <laughs> sorry, straight folks, but there's just a broader perspective on life when you are queer. It's just, there's just, it's, it's, I don't care. It's, it's historically accurate. It's, it's been proven thousands of times. So, um, what are your parents cool now? Uh, one is, uh, the other one I don't talk to. <laughs> so. They lived, sorry to get personal, but do they live together or? Uh, not anymore. Got it. Uh, it helped that uh, parents separated senior year. So I was able to, it, happy circumstance, you know, able to come out in a, a more safe environment, I'd say. Is it your mom or your dad? Uh, I don't talk to my dad, though. He's military. So yeah, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is kind of very much still alive in the military, even though it's been repealed. Um, yeah. Especially in the schools there. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't envy uh, military kids having to come out without a pleasant experience. I can't imagine. I don't like 
And thank God for programs like yours, because if there are kids that happen to be in the, you know, and they maybe stumble upon this or my podcast, that's why I make these things. Like I'm like, if a kid just happens to stumble upon it, it's at least a way for kids to like see something is going on, that they have a hope, but have a destination. They can get to a place, even if it's not great right now. Um, that's my main, one of my main purposes is like, I just need them to know that that's a, at least there. I have a website called queeruniverse.org and it's like a one-stop shop for all things queer and loving. You should check it out. It's really cute. But I have a comic book coming out about specifically that, like two aliens land on this planet. They meet me and they're like, why is everybody on this planet awful towards the LGBTQ plus community? And I was like, well, let's sit down on my podcast and chat about <laughs> it. And that's how it ends. The first comic book ends. And uh, so if the kids could see that, like, I'm going to go to this convention called the Geekdom Con. If I'm sitting there and like, somebody already reached out to me and they were like, I'm a queer novelist and I'm going to be there with my book. Um, I'm so glad you're going to be there. And like, just so, you know, that alone is good enough for me. You know? Yeah. It's great to, to increase visibility. Um, but, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you do this because it does offer at least one more discoverability uh, for LGBTQ individuals. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just wish there was more resources and like, uh, I wish BuzzFeed would take down their, their quiz because everyone does that when they're like figuring out their sexuality, the BuzzFeed, am I gay quiz? And it is so like, uh, it's, it's based on really old science. I think I've been out for a while and BuzzFeed didn't exist when I was when it came out. So I don't even yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, I think they've, I don't know if they changed it, but it's like a, it's, it's a really dumb quiz based off of research in like the 50s. And you know, the lavender scare, anything based in the 50s, we can throw out. That's, no, that's, no, that's good. Stuff. Below that, yeah, anything 50s and, well, no, because the 1920s and 30s were actually pretty amazing for like the queer yeah. community. And then the war happened, World War II happened and it fucked everything up. So, um, yeah. and then Nixon was voted and that fucked even some more up. So it's like, it's just, you can literally see the moments in history where, yeah. Yeah, of course, there was a lot of people that were always have been against the queer community and the black and brown community. However, you can see specific moments in history where you're like, wait. Yeah, exactly. Like, definitely the lavender scare. Um, definitely not talked about enough. Like, people That's talk about the red scare in, in school a lot, but they don't talk about the lavender scare, which I think is, like, objectively scare. worse. Lavender scare? Yeah, it... Uh, happened the same time as the red scare um you know communist fears but it targeted specifically gay people uh, and trans individuals um, um i remember hearing the story about this uh gay uh freshman uh in florida like florida university or whatever their university is um and they um they were like threatened um like the police would uh, arrest them on and uh, interrogate them about being gay. Um, I've even heard, it's not confirmed, but there's evidence that there was like uh, experimentation on gay people um, that occurred. Just a lot of oh, sure. horrible things. And we don't even know half the history because it's been lost to time, but mm -hmm. definitely not a good period in American history that it's just not talked about. We either talk about the Red Scare and McCarthyism. Well, even that's awful. I mean, we're awful. Like, we're just not, like, I don't know. It's so funny when people are like so gung-hung about America sometimes. And I'm like, 
if you're just going to focus on America and you're going to be gung ho about it, that's all you're going to focus on. You're going to think it's the best place in the world, which it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I think so, people get caught up in patriotism and they think like it's not ideal. You have to be a hundred percent support no matter what. But I don't know if you really enjoy something, if you love something, you need to criticize it when it's wrong and acknowledge when it's doing bad things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And all the legislation that's going through, like awful. Awful, yeah. And if if you if you're a true patriot, you're gonna speak up when those things come out, when things are confronting and um, oppressing individuals. Yeah, this is my dog. Oh, so cute. Yeah, it's funny. I remember reading an open letter from the Utah governor of all places, um, and he talked about like why he was uh, vetoing that transport ban. Um, and he broke down the numbers and uh, it kind of put things in perspective. Like a lot of these transport bands are banning quite, literally like two athletes from competing out of like tens of thousands. So I don't know that uh, if, if, if people argue it's not targeted, that kind of like defeats the whole purpose because it's very clearly targeted. Yeah, yeah, it's very clear. I know, I, I know it's, it's, it's interesting when I don't even get that part. Because honestly, like, either you're strong enough to win or you're not. Yeah, and then they bring up that uh, recent, uh, I forget her name, but the trans woman um, who, I think it was it was swimming, one swimming. Um, and they constantly bring up, like, the fact that they went from, or, yeah, she went from, like, 10th to 1st. But no one ever talks about the fact that uh, she literally went to, from when uh, she was transitioning, went from, top finishing athlete down to 400 like so no one talks about that it's kind of interesting no they don't talk about those things it's like and it's also you know a part that i didn't even think i thought saw something the other day and i was like what's interesting is that when you're growing up when you're a kid you play everyone plays on the same team like everyone's up until a certain tie, tie age, probably like up until six or five or six. Sports teams aren't anything anyway. So you're just scrimmaging most of the time. And it's just, it's just whatever. It's just to get you involved. And it's usually mixed. It's usually just yeah. no one even thinks twice about it. Yeah. That's Actually, there's a lot of things that are like that. And, and then they go ahead and start arguing these things. And you're like, what are you talking about? You're the argument was always- not. They always boil down to like what defines a woman and everyone's like, well, they get pregnant and they have a period. And I think that's very, very misogynistic. I think being a woman is a lot more than having a period and getting pregnant. Um, 100%. I mean, it's it's obvious to us, but I know it's not obvious to a lot of people. So what are you going to do? We'll just keep doing the work we do. So I have a couple of things. Uh, Two things I'd like to ask my guests. One, um, I'll ask you the first thing. Can you give some inspiring words for queer youth? Well, if you, if you had to say anything, what would you say to them? Yeah, um, I guess I'll say it as if I'm like saying it to my younger self, because I, I find myself doing that often. Um, you're not alone in your experiences. Uh, it might feel like that, especially when you're first coming to terms with your identity. Uh, it's a very isolating experience, but you're not alone. Um, even if there might not be any open gay kids at your school, there definitely are some LGBTQ individuals that kind of, you know, they see you, they, they understand. Um, and you'll, be, you'll eventually look back and realize like you weren't alone, but I definitely understand like the isolation, the desperation that can come with it. So just realize that it gets better. I promise 
it might feel a little bit um, down. It might feel negative at times. It might feel like nothing can get better, but I like to think it always does. Yeah, you can find us on all social media that matter at YPA Pride uh, and then our website at www.ypapride.org. Thank you so much from the folks at ypa.org. So ypa.org, ypapride.org is where you can find them. It's an amazing organization. It's another resource. Use these resources, people. Learn about them. You can also find more resources at my website at queeruniverse.org where you can become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash queer teen podcast and get all these fun little perks and gifts and it's just a way to support the podcast. But yeah, check everything out. Just use the resources, folks. They're here. I love you all so much. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.